Hey everyone, welcome to Faith Palm with Jake and Jesse. It's a podcast where we discuss the weird happenings of the Christian faith. I'm Jesse, I'm Catholic. I'm Jake, and I'm not. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about patron saints. Yes, I'm so excited for this one. I'm so excited too. I just, it kind of lines up well with kind of where I am in life. Um, Cause I'm actually, um, I was asked this past fall to teach one of our 10th grade classes, like Sunday school classes, basically at my church. Um, and 10th graders are going through the process of their um, confirmation. So a lot of my kids are in the process of figuring out who they want as their patron saint for their confirmation name. So it's kind of right up oh. my alley right now. I thought you chose that when you uh, had your first communion, so I was off. No, I, I mean, you got the, the C right. It's either communion or confirmation. Um, But actually, and I guess we'll get into this, but you kind of get a patron saint both at your baptism and at your confirmation. Kind of. Oh. Okay, well, I'm interested. Jump on in. Let's just d- deep dive because I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, I want to start with kind of two questions for you. Um, so the first question, yes. you're an actor. So do you have a specific actor, actor, somebody who you look up to, um, someone who, whose acting style maybe you admire and want to imitate, something like that? Not Hugh Jackman's. Aw. <laughs> I've decided he's my nemesis. Um <laughs> No, but um, if you know me, I really like, you know, and Jesse, you know me, um, (laughs) I really like Chris Pratt as an actor. Um, I think he's got a career that I really look up to and admire. So, yeah, I guess that's my answer there. Um, Yeah. All right. So, question two, kind of in in a similar vein, as a Christian... Do you have a certain person, a friend, family member, professor, somebody like that, whose faith you look up to and who inspires you to dive deeper into your own faith? Yes, but I don't want to tell you. Aw. <laughs> it's you. Oh, <Aww>, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I mean... We, I, I think a lot of it is because we come on and we, we talk about faith and stuff, and I, I'm learning a lot through faith that I never really knew, and I'm learning to look at it as a new way that, to be honest, and this is something, I mean, kind of a deeper answer than I know you were looking for, but to be honest, growing up, um, I think I would look up to people who, I guess, kind of stayed in my path a little bit, so it wasn't like... It wasn't like growing, you know what I mean? It was very much the people I looked up to for their faith very much were kind of followed the typical non-denomination Protestant path. And especially for like people who are strong in their faith, it was like they feel a call to ministry, you know, I'd Mm. look up to them. Um, But Instead, now I'm learning so much more and you are stretching me to look at things differently. And so I really like 
that aspect of things. Oh, well, that that just makes my heart feel things. Um, yeah, don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, if you don't know, Jake doesn't <laughs> like when people express feelings. <laughs> um, but yeah, part of my reason for asking these two questions, um, I'm sure you've kind of picked up on the analogy I'm going for here, but... In the same way that we have people maybe in the same career path that we look up to or people at our churches and our family who inspire us in our faith, um, patron saints, taking a patron saint kind of has that same, my mind wants to say vibe, but that's not really, the same reasoning behind it is, gen- like, in the vaguest, most general sense, a patron saint is somebody that you look up to maybe because of their faith, maybe because they were in the same career you were in. Um, but somebody whose faith life inspires you um, to dig a bit deeper in your faith. Um, and also somebody who you can treat as a friend and can pray for you and help kind of guide you through what you're going through, what your life path, basically. Um Ah. So, you know, Chris Pratt, he might not be a saint, but he's a good example of somebody who you follow what he does, you follow his career, and you are inspired by that. And that makes you want to be a better actor. And you take some of the qualities of his acting and incorporate that into your own, not necessarily to be a copycat, um, but to, you know, be better. And that's what patron saints are for us. Ooh. Yeah. They're like, uh, they're, they're kind of like if Jesus said, here's your best friend and gave him to you. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of <laughs> like in the good place where you go to quote heaven and you have a soulmate. Yeah. Ah. Kind of, but also like. Except you have a saint mate. You, you have, have a saint, saint mate. mate. <laughs> <laughs> But I do want to, in saying that, um, I do want to emphasize, it's not necessarily that you have one saint that you're, you're like, supposed to look up to. Um, but it's, it's kind of like, as you go through life, um, especially as Catholics, in the sacraments, um, including baptism and confirmation, we're, we're diving deeper into our faith and learning more about ourselves and about God. So it's helpful to kind of choose somebody to look to look up to and kind of use their life um and their writings if they have writings and stuff like that to kind of guide you in where you're trying to go and where you feel god is calling you i gotta say i think it's really cool that because this is something i never thought about that you mentioned like their writings in my mind i just have never thought about saints having right i know that's dumb i like and i don't want to say dumb but i know it's a little crazy for me to think but it's just like in my mind saints don't have like writings like they're just there i i think in some ways i almost put saints as like angels okay. even though i know that there are angel saints but i think that in some ways i recognize that they existed but it takes a lot of brain power for me to remember that they had writings and stuff like that for you to read if that makes sense yeah, no, it does, because um, a lot of, like, the saints that people that aren't even Catholic know are people like St. Nicholas, who 
we think of as Santa and St. Patrick. Um, I don't know if a lot of non-Catholics realize that Mother Teresa is a saint. Um, she's a much more recent example that, you know, we yeah. have videos oh, and photos she of officially... her. Yeah, she became a saint she's the same saint. year that um, Pope John Paul II became a saint. So both of them Aww. are some... They're best friends in my mind. They they are. They, I love them so much. Actually, my Bible, um, my favorite Bible that I own, I, I own several, of course, um, but my favorite one has uh, pictures of St. John Paul II on it. And a quote that says, life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. Uh, so yeah, I love him. Um, I don't know if I'd consider him a patron saint of mine, but, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of close to that level for me. Um, um, I did just remember um, in you talking, I actually have read a writing of a saint. Oh, have you? Um, because I was in, at Belmont, uh, classical literature. Um, because of course I was, uh, <laughs> I will say I went into it thinking it was the classics as in Jane Austen and Dickens and stuff like that. Um, and was very shocked when they were like, okay, we're starting with the Odyssey. <laughs> um, but it was that joint class. It was classical literature and understanding the Bible. Um, and so we went through like kind of a timeline in classical literature and we ended with um the roman empire mm -hmm. which included the writings of saint augustine 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 <laughs> yeah yeah saint augustine yeah so i read confessions actually oh well that's that is on my to-do list i have yet to read confessions but i really really want to um but augustine, i mean it was freshman yeah, but... year of co college so like don't quote me on anything because I really did not pay that much attention to it because I was not as cool as I am now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I have um yeah Augustine is a great example of a saint with some very popular writings that you can turn to um also on that list um St. Thomas Aquinas um very many of the popes are also saints and they have their papal encyclicals and everything that they wrote um St. Faust, Faustina wrote her wrote a diary, and that is published. I actually have a copy. Again, that's another book that I haven't read yet. Um, but stuff like ooh, that. Ooh, like, can I ask a controversial question? Sure. Are not all popes saintized yet? No, not all popes are saints. And not all saints is are that, popes. <laughs> is there some drama with that? Um, I actually don't know. Um... Well, because it's kind of like, not all Catholics are saints. Yes, we're all called yeah, to be yeah. saints. Not all Christians are saints. Um, but I think recognizing somebody as a saint, because it takes, there are some requirements in canonizing somebody as a saint, um, including um, miracles to be kind of proven to be um, not done by them, because people don't do miracles, God does miracles. Um yeah. But miracles brought about by the influence of praying with a particular saint. Um, or a person who you're gotcha. hoping will become a saint. Um, gotcha. So yeah, not all popes are saints. Um, some of them, of course, are a bit more... I don't want to say controversial, but I know there are some that have not necessarily lived the best Catholic life. 
Um, so that's probably why they're not saints. Uh, but yeah, gotcha. so, yeah, not all popes are saints. Um, anyway, please get back. That was a question that popped in, but um, <laughs> I'm very excited to learn more about this. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, and I think taking it back to kind of your point of not necessarily realizing that saints would have written anything or had any writings that have like stayed throughout time as i mentioned like the most popular saints for basically anybody in the world are like saint nick saint patrick um and they're like to us they're kind of more mythical figures and you know it's hard to place that as oh that's somebody who actually exists like if you told me that we had a book of genghis khan and like his writing i'd be like what how but he's a real person and he probably did write things um yeah and i think that's an important thing to note is saints are not angels they're not demigods they're human people that have lived virtuous lives and have been deemed by the church to you know most likely after they died they're in heaven um because you know of course there's heaven and hell and for catholics there's purgatory um so saints are those who we believe that like there's like a 99 percent chance this person made it straight to heaven um so they are with god and that's why oh. we believe that they can pray for us is because we believe that they're right there in heaven with god and we ask them to pray for us and they just turn to god and say hey help this girl out you know so it's they they have to have gotten there pretty quickly. You can't say like you know my my grandma, super Catholic grandma, died uh, sophomore year of co- my sophomore year of college. Eighty years from now, I can't just say, oh she. Per-, I mean, <laughs> hypothetically, she performed some miracles and stuff. You know, or doesn't perform, but like she gets credited to some miracles or whatever and can she be canonized because 80 years had been passed or is it something that like it has to be kind of soon within a time frame after their death no actually it's pretty rare for a saint to be canonized like within a couple years of their death um and it's really just we don't know the time it takes to get to heaven we don't know for sure if somebody has gotten to heaven um yeah, uh, but I guess obviously, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the, I guess the idea behind, I guess... But so it's not like the, it, saints aren't people who immediately went to heaven. Like, you can spend time in purgatory and then become a saint, technically. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know with, like, canonization of saints how that works, but everybody in heaven is a saint, whether we know it or not, so... Yeah. Whether we know that your grandma is in heaven or not, if she is in heaven, she's a saint. Even if I spend, saint I don't grandma. know, a million years in purgatory, the second I get to heaven, I'm a saint. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So, so saints so, basically boils down to this person is in heaven. Yeah, so that means we just don't... So Yeah, okay, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. Okay, I hope that was yeah, yeah. kind of clear for no. Our that listeners. makes a lot of sense. I I I was just thinking, you know, in the bib or in the uh, Catholic rule book 
about it. But yeah, that would make sense though, because we don't know <laughs> how long it takes. Because it could, you know, just in general, an Earth time might be six hundred years <laughs> in like heaven time to get, or like one day of heaven time to get to heaven might be like six hundred years of Earth time. We we don't know, you know. So yeah. there would be no way to say, oh, for us to have a canonized saint. I can't have my to purgatory. Yeah. So okay, I got you. I got you. Um, but okay, so we talked about saints, but um, I I still got to know about like the process of a patron saint. Um, and I have a really burning question. Okay. Um, do you I don't want know if you want me to wait for that or ask it now? I don't know. Maybe you ask it now, and that'll lead because I've got an idea of where to go next with this and to get into patron saints. Um. But I do want to make sure I answer your question. So go ahead and ask it, and we'll see where that leads us. Okay. Can your patron saint be a woman saint? Because technically, like, patron, pay, pa, you know, is masculine and means, like, father, like a, you know, patriarchy, paternity, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. um, or do you have matron saints or are they the same that everybody just kind of just calls it all patron i i guess everybody just calls it all patron i actually didn't know so when i was going through conf my confirmation i did not know that it was possible for me to take a male saint as a patron i thought i could only take a female saint um because in confirmation oh. we then take their name uh but yeah so it's kind of I guess patron and patroness, I guess, are kind of the words we use. I just use patron because everybody kind of understands what that means. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I could have a male or female patron. You could have a male or female patron saint. Um, gender doesn't necessarily matter. It's really just who you look up to and who you've been drawn to as somebody to be a role model for your life, basically. Okay, yeah, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of in looking up kind of the origin of how taking a patron saint began, um, I I came across um what is the the it's believed that the origin of it is actually um the practice of building a church um over the grave of a martyr. And that's actually, so then churches would be given the name of that martyr. And martyrs in the Catholic Church are believed to automatically be saints. If you die for your faith, you're a saint. Um, but then, of course, yeah. um, churches began to dedicate, um, or Christians began to de dedicate their churches to other holy men and women who they believed were saints. Um, so then it wasn't necessarily, you know, St. Peter's Church, because it's built on St. Peter's grave. It's, I don't know, St. Mary's Church, because we admire St. Mary. Or, yeah, um, a lot of churches in the United States are named after um, Mary, the Mother of God, in various forms. Like, you'll have Mary, Mother, Mary, now I'm gonna forget all the titles of Mary. Um, but you'll have um, Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church. Um, things like that in very many locations throughout the United States. And that's actually because um, the patron saint of the Americas is Mary. 
Um, ah. And you'll find that throughout. I'm sure there are a million Catholic churches in Ireland named after St. Patrick, probably after St. Bridget, Bridget, too. Um, and foreshadowing to our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please let it work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that kind of idea of adopting a patron began with adopting a patron for the church itself. Um, and then also people will adopt patron saints for their family. Um, a lot of times that is, you know, either Mary or Joseph or either even both um, adopting the Holy Family as basically your patron saints. Um, again, drawing from the idea of that's kind of somebody who serves as a role model, somebody you can imitate in whatever you're trying to do. Um, wow. But drawing from that, we get the idea of kind of choosing a patron for the individual. Um, and in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that there are kind of two times when um, Catholics get kind of an official patron saint, one being baptism and one being confirmation. Um, so baptism, we'll start there. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I am actually named after St. Sarah, because um, my middle name is Sarah. Wow. Um so at baptism, we receive our Christian name. Um, and of course, in this modern sec oh, secular world, you know our Christian... That's where middle names come from? I believe it is where middle names come from. Um, but yeah, because, yeah. um, you know, back when, um, especially like pagan people were converting to the Christian faith, when they would get baptized, they would adopt a Christian name. I'm not sure if that just became, like, their middle name, but the name they went by, or if it completely replaced their pagan name. Um, you might know more about that than me, but in any case, that's kind of where it comes from, is they would I take a name, know. they would take a name of a saint or somebody that they admired, um, in their baptism, and so that's kind of a lot of Christians, including Catholics, um, whether they know it or not, oftentimes when they're children are getting baptized or when they're getting baptized as adults um they they oftentimes either their first name or middle name or both is the name of a saint or somebody in the bible even um so examples of that being of course my family we've got um each of my siblings actually has a middle name that is a saint so we've got michael and patrick and sarah anthony and rose all of those are fantastic saints actually um oh, and there's that, a saint rose there is a saint rose i think I there are two the saint rose. roses actually is that alicia's middle name yeah i knew it um but yeah so Wait, which one's becky's Anne. okay yeah i see that mm -hmm. um anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah some whether we know it or not, oftentimes when we're baptized, we are baptized with the name of a saint. Um, and I actually... Um, so that means I really... was baptized with the name of Daniel. Is Daniel yeah. a saint? There is a Saint Daniel. I don't know much about him. But there is a Saint Daniel. Oh, we're not talking about Daniel and the lions. I don't believe... Hold on. Let me look up Saint Daniel. Oh, St. Daniel the Stylite. I believe... Yeah, so St. Daniel actually 
lived on the top of a pillar for 33 years. Um, He's pillar dude? He's pillar dude. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him or or like the idea of sitting on top of a pillar but yeah that's him wow my middle name is pillar man are old testament people saints um some of them i guess could be considered saints i don't i am no expert on saints um i actually don't know because I know New Testament people are. Oh, according to the Catechism, the patriarchs, prophets, and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints in all the church's liturgical traditions. So yeah, the, the oh, okay, holy men and so... women of the Old Testament are saints. Uh, so like Ruth and Esther are saints. Yeah, I guess Moses, Joshua, people like that too. Wow, St. Adam and Eve. I don't... See, Adam and Eve, that's that's kind of tricky. I don't... I was going to say I think that. that's <laughs> contested of whether or not they are saints. I I would like to yeah. believe that they are. Uh, yeah, that could be another episode. <laughs> Ooh. Discussion of... What the doesn't Genesis have like three creation stories all in one chapter or something? It has two. Two okay. Well, two. yeah, chapter one and chapter two are two creation stories, but you know they kind of work with each other. That's what I always thought. Um, but for another episode, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, go off get... on another tangent. <laughs> we do too many tangents. Um, but yeah, so patron saints, um. We did baptism, um, and that's kind of, I did want to say, so I honestly don't know much about St. Sarah. Um, Sarah is my middle name, um, the saint I was named after. Um, I don't know much about St. Sarah. I never, I guess, really looked up to her as a patron, um, mostly because, you know, I was baptized as a baby, so that was a name my parents chose for me, um, whereas in confirmation, um, kind of depends on where you live and what what diocese you're in when you get confirmed but that's generally either um at the end of middle school or about 10th grade or if you convert then that's when you're older um so kind of depends and actually not all catholics choose patron saints at confirmation um it's a pretty like recent tradition and mostly like in the western catholic churches some more like american catholic churches um, but, um, I actually- To not choose one? To choose, like, choosing a patron saint is kind of more of a Western, more American uh, tradition. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as we kind of prepare for that, um, choosing a- Well, because this kind of gets into what is confirmation all about, and- a lot of people will say that confirmation is about kind of claiming your faith as your own and becoming adult an adult in the eyes of the church. And yes, that's kind of the, an idea behind confirmation. Um, but that, that also kind of 
helps under helps at least helps me understand why we would choose um a confirmation a patron saint is because we're kind of taking hold of our faith and whereas at my baptism my parents said yes jesse will be raised catholic at my confirmation i decided yeah i'm gonna continue being catholic i'm gonna keep the faith keep the faith claim it as my own um and in doing so like I didn't know what the heck I was doing, so it helped to pick a patron saint to kind of lead me in figuring out where to go in my faith and how to make it my own, if that makes sense. So really, um, first, that makes sense. Um, so kind of your middle name given to you in baptism that's that doesn't really have much impact on your spiritual life as much as your confirmation saint does um so i'm really intrigued as to the um reasoning behind i guess it's all oh ooh, ooh, okay i have an idea but it might be wrong so i'm excited to hear your thoughts okay baptism as babies is very much parental dedication correct like Uh, we're dedicating this baby we're dedicating ourselves and this baby to being raised catholic i i guess you could say that um for me in my understanding of baptism there is kind of a lot more to it but i think again in kind of a, a general sense that is kind of what's happening gotcha so i was thinking that it's almost like naming them after a saint or after something is just like this symbolic like we're dedicating them to the church by naming them after a saint because we could name them after i don't know our favorite dog but we're (laughs) instead of putting that as their middle name we're putting the church first you know like we're we're saying that they're gonna have the church in their name because we're raising them in the church yeah, I guess that that is a way of looking at it. And I think I do want to clarify. So it's not always necessarily the middle name. Sometimes it's the first name. Sometimes it's both. And sometimes, like, that happens without realizing it. You might name your daughter after your great-great-grandmother and her name is, I don't know, Elizabeth Ann. And both of those right there are saint names. Um, I feel like it's really hard for there not to be a saint name at this point. <laughs> Yeah, we've had, what, like 2,000 years of saints. Um, Yeah, we've had a lot of saints. Yeah, so odds are you're named after a saint. Look it up. Um, I mean, there's a Saint Jacob. I don't know if there's a Saint Jake. I hope there is. I don't want to get rid of the name Jacob. It's not that it's a bad name. It just does not fit me. Um, So that, that... if we have any listeners who do not know me, I want to clarify. I do not hate the name Jacob for everybody. I just think it is an awful name for me. Um, <laughs> my my normal joke with that is that God hated the name Jacob so much he changed it to Israel. So uh, just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I love that. Well, I hate to break it to you. I just Googled St. Jake. And the first, the first thing that popped up was Saint Jacob. Oh, I mean, <laughs> God bless Saint Jacob, but like, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
Okay, but so confirmation. You get con- con- confirmed. You get confirmed. Um, and when you get confirmed, do you, on the podium of confirmation, um, say, I declare this person as my patron saint? Or is it just kind of an unspoken thing that you recognize? You actually, here, let me pull up the dialogue between the confirmandi and the bishop. The confirmandi are the people being confirmed. And it's the bishop who confirms you, unless there are extenuating circumstances, like, say, a global pandemic where the bishop can't come to your church, then it's probably your pastor that confirms you. Um, Okay, bishops can get, are the ones who can get married, correct? No, that's deacons. Deacons. Deacons can get married. Yeah, okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, gosh, it's not going to tell me. So... I'll just tell you from my personal confirmation experience, kind of how that happens. Um, so my ch- at my church, how we did it was we actually got a name tag with not our name on it, but our patron saint name. So my patron, you know this, um, is Saint Cecilia. She's my confirmation saint. Cecilia. Um, That's my godmother's name. Aww. Uh, so I got, um, before mass, a name tag with the name Cecilia on it. Um, so when I, when I went up to the bishop to be confirmed, um, he, there's an anointing with oil on your forehead. Um, and then he's, the bishop said to me, Cecilia, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, so that's kind of, it's not, I'm not getting up there and saying, I'm Cecilia now. It's more the, the bishop is recognizing you by that name. Even if then, I, I mean, I went and continued to be called Jesse because that's my name. I've, and Cecilia isn't on any official documents for me at, like, not yet. I hope to one day change my name so it would be Jessica Sarah Cecilia. Um, yeah. But yes, that's, I guess that answers your question. But okay, so that is something I honestly never knew happened with confirmation. Um, now, do you get your saint necklace at the same time, or do you have to go buy one of those? Um, so it depends. It's kind of, it's kind of tradition. So when you're confirmed, you have somebody who sponsors you. Um, so a, a practicing Catholic who is basically up there with you to say, yes, this person is ready to be, to receive this sacrament, to be a full Catholic. Um, so that for me was my uncle Michael. Um, and it's kind of tradition for your confirmation sponsor, um, on the day of your confirmation to give you a medal of your saint. I think actually my parents did that. Um, but yeah. And you can always go buy one. Yeah. Um, So it kind of, it kind of just depends there. Huh. So that's, you know, it's just so interesting to, to me, like... These are like having a patron and you said that it's a West, it's definitely more of a Western like theology type thing. Um, I don't know, like theology type thing, but I think it's kind of more of a Western tradition, tradition more than theology to take a confirmation saint. Um, That being said, you, you can take a patron really anytime. It's kind of a personal thing. 
it doesn't yeah. have to be through a sacrament that you get a patron saint. Um, I just think I, the most interesting thing about it for me is that it just, uh, I lost it. Never mind. Please continue. <laughs> it's out of my head. That thought. Yeah. Well, um, to kind of continue that, like, I would even consider, as of right now, um, I think St. Francis, I consider a patron saint of mine. Um, and, like, there, there's reasoning behind that. But I really admire the life of St. Francis. and He's the his, animal his, man, right? He's the animal man. Um, he just, he's kind of... I don't know, this might sound weird to non-Catholics, or maybe to some Catholics, I don't know. But St. Francis has kind of been following me around for the last couple years. Um, we re- I read a book about him, I think my last semester of college, um, in one of my- I was a religion minor, so in one of those classes we read this book about him. Um, and ever since then, like, he's kind of popped up. I've seen paintings of him in some places, and other books about him- um, songs about him, um, the Franciscan friars pop up on my Instagram feed a lot. (laughs) Um, so yeah, he's a saint. I, there's kind of this popular saying in the church that we don't choose our patron saints, they choose us. Um, and I kind of see it as kind of the Holy Spirit working through the, the lives of those saints to inspire us and to bring us closer to God and his will. Um, and so for me recently, that has been St. Francis. And back in college, when I was president of our Catholic community, um, for me, a patron then was St. Peter, because he was the, the leader, the first pope, basically, the leader of the early church. Um, and so it kind of, patron saints kind of come and go as your life continues and as circumstances change. Um, but you always still can fall back on. I still, even though it's been, I don't know, what, eight, ten years? How long has it been since I was confirmed? Um, quite a while since I was confirmed. Like, I still think of Cecilia as my patron. And I chose her because she's the patron saint. So, she, one of her patronages is music and musicians. Um, and I knew that that music is a huge part of my life. It's, I want to work in the music industry. Um, so I, I thought that she would be a really good patron of, for me throughout my life. Um, and so that's kind of why I chose her and, you know, Francis, he's been following me around and I admire his story and it inspires me to kind of live out my faith in a different way. Um, so yeah, like patrons, like it doesn't have to be an official, I got confirmed and Cecilia is my patron. It can be any saint that inspires you. Kind of like Chris Pratt inspires you to be a better actor. He could be your patron actor, I guess. Um, yeah. That is really interesting that, like, you know, you can you, you see the presence of, like, St. Francis in your life. Um, and the presence of like saint cecilia in music um and i think that's really beautiful um i think the fact that we can think of saint like here's the thing i i know a lot of protestants out there are so anti-saint and it's 
it's dumb and it's ignorant beliefs because they have this full idea that Catholics worship these saints more than they worship God, which is such total just wrong, you know? Like, that's not how it is. Talk to any Catholic out there and they'll set you straight. So a lot of it is, I'm going to be honest, they're especially growing up in the Bible, Bible, in the Bible Belt, as I'm sure you can attest to as a Catholic here. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of like willful ignorance when it comes to Catholicism that a lot of a lot of like pastors of the Protestant faith here. Um, especially the more rural rural you get out there, um, don't care. I'm going to sound so stereotypical and like bad, but it's just in my experiences, a lot of people in the South in the Bible Belt who are Protestant, their pastors do not care to look past what they already know and like talk to people who are catholic or who are methodist um or anything like that like i mean i had a friend who which is interesting to me this fact i had a friend who was raised baptist and she didn't see me who was uh non-denomination and my friend who was presbyterian um, she did not see us as true Christians because we were not raised in her Southern Baptist beliefs. Um, and when I mentioned that my mom was raised Catholic, she was like, well, at least she's getting a better understanding of God now. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot of in the South, almost, this is going to sound so bad, but like demonization of saints um in the sense that like you're told here like in a lot of churches like catholics worship saints and that's terrible they should be worshiping god as if they're not and as if saints aren't people who worship god you know what i mean um so it's really cool to actually learn about these saints and to see them to be able to recognize the presence of them in your life Um, Because I think it just shows more power, like, how powerful God is to have, oh, I can feel, you know, the presence of this saint. And we always talk about, like, when family members pass or something, like, oh, this reminds me of them, that this must be their presence or something like that. God must be giving me a sign. Well, who's to say that, like, the saints can't also give you signs and that they don't know who's praying to them, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just something really interesting to me. And we also don't know how heaven works. We don't know how, like, yeah, God is probably the only omniscient person up there, but it, it, you know, 600 years on earth could be something crazy in heaven. So like all the saints can focus on whoever's praying to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of misconception and, you know, willful ignorance of this belief, maybe not even by certain people, but by their pastors who have led them to believe that, you know, taking a patron or even talking to saints is wrong. Like, that's kind of, A, why we're doing this podcast, but 
also particular to this episode why I started with those questions about an actor you look up to and a fellow Christian you look up to is because I wanted to make it clear like even if you're not doing it with saints you are you're looking up to somebody and imitating them either in your career path or even if it's just someone you know a family member a friend a pastor somebody like that like it's something that's kind of in our nature to do we follow other people's example um well, and I, I love that you said, like, it's in our nature, um, because for for me, something cool, I guess, to kind of touch on, um, when I was in seventh, seventh grade, my great uncle died, and in many ways, he was like a grandfather to me. Um, he was my grandpa's brother. He lived right next door to my grandparents' house where I spent the summer, um, and my grandpa's memory was kind of fading and like declining. So it was a little bit harder for me to uh, connect with him. But my uncle Frank was always there and like, I'd, I'd always like, you know, talk to him. So he became very much this grandfatherly present in my, presence in my life. Um, and then in seventh grade, he passed away. And I was like, so I didn't know how to, it was, he was my first death. So I just didn't know how to process. And mm -hmm the thing that got me through it in processing is that at night or, you know, when I like once a week, maybe however many times I needed, I would talk to uncle Frank in my head and I would just like tell him the events of my day or what's going on and like give him an update on my family. Um, and that's one of the ways that I got through my grief of him passing and nobody told me to do that, you know? It was just this innate knowledge in my head that I, I can still communicate with Uncle Frank. I can still, honestly, in many ways, send up a prayer to him. Um, not like asking him to do stuff, not like a literal prayer to God, but in many ways something akin to that, where I'm, I'm sending up thoughts and, <laughs> you know energy you know like putting that space in my mind for uncle frank and i feel like in many ways that's no different than quote-unquote praying to a saint it it's it's not saint do this for me it's saint will you please pray for me on this and it's bonus yeah. prayers yeah bonus prayers um, and i think we did cover that kind of in our halloween episode um where we talked about yeah the feasts of all saints and all souls and kind of the difference between asking a saint to pray for you and praying for somebody in purgatory um and like yeah it's yeah. kind of just innate human nature to kind of i don't know believe that those have moved on are still here look at like native americans place a lot of emphasis on their ancestors um yeah. And other other cultures do the same thing. Asian cultures do it. Um, and so kind of harkening back to, I'm sure we've touched on this before, but kind of commonalities between different cultures, different belief systems. This is one of those that, like, you know, we don't know for sure if it's right, but, like, there's there's something true here. Um, yeah. And again, that's kind, that's kind of what this podcast is about and why i'm kind of glad we're talking about this subject now is just pointing out like to well, those who may think that catholics worship saints or 
that we idolize them. Um, we really don't. Some people might t- blow it way out of proportion, um, but for the most part, the the general practicing Catholic, like saints, are just people we look up to, and whose faiths faith lives we want to imitate, um, because they lived good, godly lives. You can't tell me that Mother Teresa was not a good, virtuous person, um, and that yeah. she's not worth imitating because she is. Um, same with, for me, St. Cecilia, St. Francis, St. Peter. You can't tell me St. Peter was not a, somebody who was very close to God. He was Jesus's best friend. Um, and so, yeah, just to be able to point that out and maybe for somebody who's listening that maybe grew up in a faith with a pastor or a family member that told them that, you know, Catholics aren't Christians because they worship saints that they believe are demigods like we don't and i hope this kind of clarifies that for you um and you know as always email us message us on instagram if you want more clarification on this if i'm not being clear enough about it if you have more questions um because yeah i just it hurts my heart to think that anybody would judge anybody on their faith just because they don't understand it like if you fully understand it and you still think that i'm wrong like i don't like that that's fine you are entitled to your opinion but if you think i'm wrong just because you don't fully understand where i'm coming from please just ask you know truly in every way (laughs) i don't know that's just (laughs) to to be honest that is something that bothers me having like here's the thing i feel like i got a really good experience in the fact that i grew up with catholic family back home well not really back home but uh in colorado where i partially grew up like Mm -hmm. i'm very happy i had that experience because in that my mom grew up catholic because going to school in the south I mean, it it's one of those things where, especially where I'm from, where it's, I mean, we're a city. I mean, it's Knoxville, so I don't want to say, like, it's rural, but there are rural parts, especially the middle school I went to, um, where people got really villainized for being anything but Protestant. Um, not just saying, like, Catholic, but for any other faith or any other religion. Um, and when it came to at least, I, I'm not going to give my middle school self <laughs> that much credit, but when it came to at least Catholics, I was always somebody to stand up for them because I knew like my mom was raised Catholic. They're Christian, you know, like they're whatever your pastor is telling you is not right. Like they still believe in Jesus and they were the original church. So how can you sit there and say that Catholics aren't Christian when you technically came from them you know um but that that that's just something that i think we are and i'd be very curious to hear other people in the south um or people in a more metropolitan area of the south how their impression is because i definitely it it's this is something that is like a little like i'm scared to share but like i had a really hard time growing up with not viewing somebody who was like an atheist 
as a bad person. And it's still something that I sometimes have to check myself and uh, cur- like be like, oh, just because they have a different belief than me doesn't mean they're a bad person. But a lot of that mm-hmm. came from my youth growing up because that's kind of what we're maybe even not explicitly taught, but subconsciously taught. Um, and that anybody be- whose beliefs are different than us are bad. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm really curious about that. I know we've kind of gotten off of patron saints, but I think we're still <laughs> on the same, we're on, we're in the same book still, <laughs> maybe not the same yeah. page, but we're, we're in the same book. Yeah. And same I chapter have, at least. I have so many things I think I could add to that, but you know, we're already quite a bit into this episode and I think there's enough there to delve into in another episode and I'm sure we will. Ooh. Um, yeah, I would love that. We can totally just edit out everything I said and <laughs> and do a whole nother episode on growing up in the South. Yeah. I don't think I'll edit it out just because I like what you said and I like how it relates to this episode topic. Um but we will look look for that episode coming out. I'm sure we'll get into, you know, faith in the South and really faith in American culture. Um, yeah oh yes i am excited for that episode heck yeah um but yeah do you have any i don't know lingering thoughts on patron saints um i know Um, i didn't really touch on like how saints get their certain patronages like cecilia being the patron of music and musicians um but that could maybe be for another episode maybe this one is more personal patrons yeah, Saint Part Two. Yeah. Um, and I I can talk about Saint George killing a dragon. That's about all I know about him, but I like him. <laughs> I mean, that's a um, good example, real quick, to touch on. Is you kind of have a patron saint? You've kind of chosen George as somebody you look up to. Um, you like his story, even if it's really just for the dragon. Um, but that that's kind of a patron saint for you. I would say, and you know, to, to touch back on how you said, like, you know, you don't necessarily feel like you only need one satron, 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 <laughs> one patron saint. Um, we, you know, to let our audience down, we, we recorded a whole episode on St. Bridget that went off into the ether. Um, it didn't record <laughs> well. Um, and we will be doing another version of that soon. But... Um, in researching St. Bridget, I really love that woman. Like, um, to the point where I'm like, I want a St. Bridget, like, medallion and a St. George medallion. That's what the necklaces are called, right? Well, medals, but yeah. Medals, yeah. So, so it, it's funny that you say that, because I definitely am, am very much like, I've chosen St. George as, I guess, my patron, in a sense. And also, kind of now, like you with St. Francis, I really love St. Bridget and everything she is. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess there's some cool stuff there. Yeah, there is. And just to kind of wrap this up, um, kind of directed to our, toward our audience here, if you, I don't know, feel like you want a patron saint or you kind of want to learn more about saints, um looking up who you're named after might be a good place to start. Um, this goes for Catholics and Protestants and agnostics and atheists and everybody. 
Um, if you have a name that might be a biblical figure or a saint, just Google, like, I don't know, if your name's Elizabeth, Saint Elizabeth, that's, that is a treasure trove of information and maybe somebody who can inspire you in your own faith life. Um, and even if you, if you don't feel a connection with a saint that you might incidentally be named after, maybe look up another popular saint. If you really love Christmas, look up Saint Nicholas and delve into his story. Um, if you love St. Patrick's Day, look at St. Patrick. Um, if you feel drawn to the apostles, look one of them up. There's looking at, looking at the lives of the saints and learning from them is a really, really good way to A, learn more about Christians if you're not a Christian, but if you are a Christian to delve deeper into the faith and maybe look at it in a way that you haven't before. I know St. Francis really did that for me. Um, so yeah, just some advice from your friendly neighborhood well, Catholic. And not to keep it super, this episode even longer, but I think <laughs> that's a really good to just bounce off what you said. Like, even if you aren't Christian or um, anything akin to that, or if you've strayed from Christianity, or if you're on your own spiritual journey of whatever, um, I think looking up saints is a really cool thing to do simply because it shows you the passion that people have for this faith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It Saints are wild and crazy with their faith, and it's really cool to see that and, like, recognize, I, I don't know, it's, you can also see a lot of humanity in the saints. Um especially more modern ones. I mean, like looking at St. George and St. Bridget, it's going to be hard to find their faults. But for like a lot of modern ones, you can find a lot of faults in them, but they're still saints. They're still, you know, people in heaven. And I think that's really inspiring to see how they live their life, how they viewed their faith. And also that they're very akin to you and where you're at in your journey. Um, St. Augustine's Augustine, however you say his name, uh, his confessions actually touch a lot on that. So if you're intrigued in that, find um, parts of that book or read the book. It's depending on the translation you get, it's really not that much of that 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 challenging of a read. I mean, it's very insightful. I think his mom was Saint Cecilia. Am I wrong? You're wrong. Saint Cecilia was a virgin. <laughs> Then who was uh, St. Augustine's mom? Oh, St. Augustine. Um, Saint, she's also a saint, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she is. I thought she was St. Cecilia. No, it's St. Oh, Monica. Oh, St. Monica. St. Monica. You know what? I was close enough. Yeah, because um, Augustine was actually quite a, a wayward child. Yeah. To, to close it all up, though, um, my mind literally for most of this episode, for well, for the back half of this episode, when we were talking about worshiping saints, all I could think of is that Dairy Girl scene where it's like, what are the differences between Protestants and Catholics? And then they're like, they worship statues. And then the sister, I can't remember her name, goes, I do love me a really good statue. Yeah. <laughs> Just the whole time I can think that I do love me a really good statue. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I do love me a good statue. <laughs> I do love me a good statue. Um, um, yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Faith Palm. If you like what you heard and would like to continue to support us in our effort to explore the Christian tradition and have a little fun while doing so, please like, subscribe, and follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to also follow us on Instagram at Faith Palm Podcast and message us at faithpalmpodcast at gmail.com or through Anchor at anchor.fm slash faithpalm with any questions, corrections, suggestions, or your favorite saint. Or fight us. We're down. We're ready. <laughs> you, you really we're not love afraid to fight admit us if you bit, win. don't you? I do. Because I'll admit if they're right, like, I'll let you win the fight. But I'm going to put up a fight. So just know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.